Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. When patients at Boston Medical Center pick up their prescriptions, they may not be getting what you think. So we have peanut butter, bananas, cucumbers, beans, raisins, butternut squash, cabbage, eggplant, some tuna fish, some mac and cheese, peas, green peas. Latchman Hirlal has worked at BMC's so-called food pharmacy since it first opened 20 years ago. Now, this isn't your usual dry chicken, pudding cup, hospital food. Patients with long-term health conditions are actually prescribed bi-weekly groceries by their physicians. The food pharmacy is in the basement of the hospital, and it's almost like a mini grocery store with walk-in freezers and shelves full of food and boxes of fresh vegetables. Potatoes, onions, and carrots. And this family is ready to go. The idea is so simple. Patients are literally prescribed food by their doctors to help treat conditions like hypertension, diabetes, obesity, and heart disease. The staff will look at a chart. They will tell them if the patient is diabetic, hypertensive. We'll note, you know, no white rice, you know, no regular pasta. So we'll give them brown rice for diabetic, you know, whole wheat pasta. So everything is healthy. Everything here is free for the patients so they can eat healthy without having to worry about the cost. I'm so fascinated by this because this particular program is the first hospital-based therapeutic food pharmacy in the country where food is medicine. They'll even grow some of their own vegetables on the roof of the hospital. Every month now, the hospital says they serve about 7,000 people, and I gotta tell you, the patients say they love it. We do surveys every year. Our satisfaction is always over 90%. The only department in the hospital, that's what I heard. (laughs) But, um, you know, that means that we're doing it right. Well, food is very important for me in my health, especially with the diabetes. My culture, we do use a lot of starch. Rice, rice, pasta, a lot. That's Gurleen Charles, a regular at the Boston Food Pharmacy, where her doctor prescribes lots of fresh vegetables to treat her medical conditions. So by using the food pantry, it it has been made cut in those things because I know, realize when I do the starch, when I do a lot of carb, my sugar tends to go higher. So I do a lot of the vegetables to help the sugars. I think most people must know by now that food can really have a significant impact on our overall health. Yes, in terms of preventing diseases like cancer, even dementia, maybe even impacting our mood. I realized this firsthand years ago when I kept my own food journal. I really realized the impact of certain foods on my overall well-being. But at the same time, eating healthy can be hard. Healthier foods may take more time to prepare. It can be challenging to really know what is and isn't nutritious. And let's face it, sometimes it just feels like you have to sacrifice taste in order to eat healthy. 
So today, we're going to do something really important. We're going to explore how we can be more mindful of what we eat and how food really can be such a powerful medicine. So I want to point out right at the beginning, this episode is not about dieting. Not at all. It is about diet. It is about how we nourish ourselves, why it's so important, and how we can all do it better. So sit back, grab a snack, because trust me, this episode is going to make you hungry. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. You know when you're feeling under the weather and you just want something hearty, something comforting, something to help you feel better? We asked listeners what their go-to food was in these situations. If I wake up with the slightest sore throat, I immediately go and get a half a clove of fresh garlic and eat it with an equal amount of bread. Chew it up until it's completely pulverized before I swallow it. I like to eat cornmeal porridge. Growing up in a Jamaican household, it was something my mother would make for my brothers and I if we were feeling sick. Spicy foods, and I mean any spicy foods, whether it be hot wings or curry. My go-to meal is a Chinese dish called Singapore My Fun. It's rice noodles seasoned with curry powder, and it has egg, shrimp, Chinese barbecue pork, and a bunch of vegetables. The black bean and sausage soup that my grandma would make. And, you know, it really set this tradition for me that when it gets cold and you get into that, like, cold and flu season, make a soup. (laughs) It's not really healthy, but like a microwave personal DiGiorno pizza. Uh, And sometimes when you feel crappy, you just want some, like, easy comfort food. Now, some of these are just old wives' tales. They're not necessarily backed by science in any way, but the idea that food is medicine dates back thousands of years, when the Greek philosopher Hippocrates said, let food be thy medicine, and let medicine be thy food. For me, the study of food as medicine can be actually quite literal. We don't need to just, you know, wave a frond of kale to say you should eat this. What you want to be able to say is that, you know what, we've actually studied this scientifically, and I think that is what I'm committed to doing. Dr. William Lee has devoted his entire career to trying to prove in the lab that food really can be medicine. He's written a book called Eat to Beat Disease, which explains how certain foods can heal or harm our bodies. So when it comes to food and health, it's not just about the food. It's about how our body responds to what we put inside it. If you were to look at dementia or cancer or cardiovascular disease, and you were to really look at what makes them common, you would actually see that the commonality are failings of our body's health defenses. Our gut microbiome isn't really healthy. Our circulation isn't really healthy. Our regenerative capacity is not healthy. So um, our health defense systems are actually not performing at their peak ability. Dr. Lee's research all comes down to something called angiogenesis. That is the biological process of growing new blood vessels. That's a natural body function. To stay healthy, we need just the right amount of blood vessels. That means not too few, but also not too many. Take cancer, for example. A tiny tumor can grow by hijacking our body's ability to build new blood vessels. The tumor can then use those blood vessels to feed itself with oxygen and nutrients. 
When this happens, doctors often prescribe medicines to block the process of angiogenesis and essentially starve the tumor. But Dr. Lee says there's a pretty simple way to stop this hijacking from happening in the first place, and it doesn't involve any drugs. I started to realize that we were leaving opportunities on the table, that there were tools in the toolbox that we weren't even thinking about at the time, and that was food. And so what I did is I began testing food using the same systems that drugs are developed for angiogenesis and finding, you know, kind of jaw-droppingly that foods do often have the same power in these test systems as medicines can. I want to make sure you heard that right. According to Dr. Lee, what you eat can potentially stop the growth of cancer. This is not only prevention we're talking about, but possibly even part of treatment. Dr. Lee's research showed that basic foods like garlic, kale, artichoke, green tea, and berries were just as good at blocking angiogenesis as some cancer drugs. What these foods do is essentially starve tiny cancers and prevent them from being able to grow larger by stopping those extra blood vessels from growing. This is not about a few maverick doctors that have left the fold going out and, you know, um, waving their own fancy uh, food du jour. We're now talking about people who have spent decades working in serious medical research. We cannot afford to miss the chance to be able to help individual patients. And that's really what I'm doing when it comes to food as medicine. Maybe it all feels obvious to you. Eating healthy foods makes you healthy. But what we're talking about here is exciting new research. As a neurosurgeon myself, I can't help but wonder how our diet affects my favorite part of the body, the brain. This might not be as intuitive, but food can have just as powerful an impact on our brains as well. In fact, our gut has often been called our second brain. It's this idea called the gut-brain connection. Everything we eat affects our brains, affects our mental health. Think of it like this. Our guts contain roughly 39 trillion microbes, stuff like bacteria and fungi and viruses. Some of those are good, helping break down food and keeping us healthy, while others are bad and can cause inflammation. That whole ecosystem of helpful and harmful microbes is referred to as our microbiome. Scientists have known about this gut-brain connection for a long time now, but it hasn't quite seeped into the public consciousness yet. People are not eating for their mental health. That's why I'm using every available way to share the message. Dr. Uma Naidu is a psychiatrist, a nutritional specialist, and a professional chef. She wrote a book called This Is Your Brain on Food. Safe to say, she knows a thing or two about today's topic. I think that our culture, especially in the U.S., is focused on weight loss. They only associate how they eat with type 2 diabetes or weight or hypertension, they're really not connecting it to their brain. And, you know, I'm preaching to the choir here. I mean, where would we be without the brain working? So, you know, translating that to how simply whatever's at the end of our fork becomes a very powerful tool that anyone can use. This idea of food as medicine specifically, what does that mean scientifically? Some of this really goes back to our newer understanding of the gut-brain connection And I feel as though the evolution of the gut-brain research has also explained that food-mood connection. 
So, you know, the functionality of how we eat gets translated into actual chemical effects in the body and definitely brain effects. As food is digested, the breakdown products can either form more positive substances, which then form positive responses in the brain. But if you're eating sort of a fast food diet and fast food french fries have added sugars, uh, those are disruptive to the gut microbes that over time leads to inflammation. And inflammation in research that is more current is really showing up as one of the baseline causes for things like depression and anxiety. You know, it's interesting. I uh, kept a food journal several years ago, and it was interesting how how much when you actually sit down and journal it that I would notice a difference when I ate fermented foods, in my case, pickles and things like that, that I would actually feel better, uh, you know, a few hours later, more creative, more willing to sit down and write if I was working on a project, things like that, had more motivation. It was It's fascinating to sort of really... Uh, you know, go inward and study your own body and really understand when you eat something, how do you feel a while later? But as you say, most people have probably their microbiomes are not as healthy as they can be. So what is it that people should be doing that as a general rule, people are not doing, at least here in the United States? So, you know, one out of 10 Americans uh, eats enough servings of vegetables. So we can we can simply start there. And why? Because the fiber from vegetables, uh, fruit, beans, nuts, seeds, legumes, and healthy whole grains actually nurture the gut microbes because they bring fiber and you can't get fiber from animal, poultry, seafood. So that's a simple thing that any one of us can do. And then one of my favorites is spices. Saffron has a, a significant amount of evidence for lowering depression. And then turmeric is the other one. Adding a pinch of black pepper makes it my, more bioactive and bioavailable. So easy thing to do. So those are just, you know, some simple go-to basic uh, things that any one of us can do. You, you know, it's interesting. People often say, you know, think about eating healthy to ward off heart disease, you know, decades later or reducing our risk of diabetes. But something that you talk about, doctor, is the idea that your mood can be impacted right now, that there is an, there's a, there's a impact on mental health, uh, on anxiety, depression, OCD, PTSD. How does that work? So for example, let's take, for example, um, anxiety. First thing I ask people to do is to look at their diet because something simple like a person trying to give up soda may go to a diet soda. Diet soda is laden with artificial sweeteners. Artificial sweeteners are very disruptive to the gut microbiome. So for mood disorders, it's adding those prebiotic foods, adding in leafy greens, which are rich in folate, um, you know, adding in the right spices, cutting back on the, the sort of simple carbs, you know, giving up the donut and moving toward a chia seed pudding for breakfast or oatmeal for breakfast. You know, during this pandemic, one of the things that we saw was that a lot of people who developed the most severe illness were because they had these pre-existing conditions. And many of these pre-existing conditions were in some ways, I mean, linked to how we eat, um, you know, whether it is heart disease or diabetes or obesity, whatever it may be. What do you think of that? And what do you think needs to change, you know, now and, and maybe potentially for the next pandemic? I would say that we can certainly rethink how we're eating um, and, and reset where we're at in terms of our metabolic health as a nation. Is that easy? Absolutely not always easy, easier said than done. But I think if we make the effort, we can move towards, uh, you know, 
less obesity in this country, less uh, less type 2 diabetes, less, you know, less disease. But the good thing is that it's also going to help you feel emotionally better. I am so fascinated by this idea, and I really don't think it gets enough attention. To think that changes in our diets might have saved lives from COVID-19. I wrote about this in my new book called World War C. What I really wanted to focus on is how we can start eating healthier to help prepare us for a next potential pandemic. So stick around. We've got a treat for you. After the break, Dr. Naidu is going to take us into her own kitchen and show us one of her favorite recipes that is not only an all-time American favorite, but is also good for your brain. And now back to Chasing Life and more of my conversation with psychiatrist, nutritionist, and professional chef, Dr. Uma Naidu. Thanksgiving's coming up around the corner. Mm -hmm. And by the way, a lot of families may be getting together for the first time um, for a big holiday meal like this in a while because of this pandemic. Do you have any recommendations for for Thanksgiving, how, how to take some of these traditional dishes with mental health and and overall functional health in mind? Absolutely. I mean, I think that whatever you're eating for Thanksgiving, you know, be mindful, right? So so think about what it is that you're making. And if there are things you feel you can't tweak the recipe on, can you have some healthy options at the table that will create that balance? So, you know, we don't necessarily think, oh, salad at, at Thanksgiving, but I'm going to say, can you add in a really nutritious but delicious salad? Um, throw in some cranberries, you know, they, they, they're fresh at Thanksgiving. Um, you know, make it, make it interesting. Can you do some extra um, sort of roasted vegetable dishes in with the mix of whatever else you're making? So I think it's about finding that balance. Um, and, I th- and I feel... Uh, I, I want people to be able to enjoy the holiday, but just I think the word I would use is be mindful of, of what you eat, the portions, and having a balance of some good options at the table. So you are a professional chef, you are a psychiatrist, you are a nutritionist. In many ways, I think you're the perfect person to show us how to put all of this research into practice. Will you actually cook something for us? I'd be happy to. I'd be delighted to. In preparation for Thanksgiving, we asked Dr. Naidu to teach us how to cook a dish that is not only delicious, but also good for us. And she was kind enough to welcome us into her kitchen. I'm so excited to share my healthy hack with some brain-healthy ingredients for a traditional mac and cheese. Now first, Dr. Naidu pulls a bowl of cold pasta out of the fridge. You're probably wondering why I don't have a pot of boiling water boiling the macaroni for this macaroni and cheese dish. Well, that's because I boiled it yesterday, drained it, and left it in the fridge to cool. And that's because research has shown that when you boil your macaroni or your pasta ahead, cool it, and reheat it in a dish, it changes the glycemic effect on your body. Next, it's time to add the cauliflower. Cauliflower is super rich in sulforaphane and other antioxidants. 
it is high in fiber fiber is great for our body in fact only one in ten Americans eats enough fiber in their diet so adding in a vegetable where you don't realize it's a vegetable is a great hack for our body and our brain it's great for your gut health it is also rich in vitamins as well and this is where you can splurge on a form of organic frozen cauliflower florets if you can because frozen vegetables are much cheaper than getting the fresh vegetables that are organic. Now I'm getting these in the microwave and we're going to just heat that in the microwave for about two to three minutes depending on the heat of your microwave because we want the cauliflower to soften. Now she mixes all the sauce ingredients together. Now that my cauliflower is steamed in the microwave, I can just smell the fragrance of the cauliflower. Now I'm adding the steamed cauliflower with the almond milk. And I'm using a food processor because I want it a little chunky. I want it to have some texture. Now I'm just gonna turn this on and make, make the sauce. Great, so that's done. And I am going to now move that to my saucepan. Let me place it on the stove and turn that on, on sort of low heat. So it just starts to simmer. While the sauce simmers, Dr. Naidu chops up her fresh herbs. I'm just gonna get the thyme off the stems so I can chop it up pretty fine and add it to the sauce. And so that's the, the thyme chopped up. I'm going to add that to a little bowl I have on the side and then parsley leaves next. I love using fresh garlic for its many benefits. Now I'm just slicing up that garlic into pieces that will simmer in that sauce and adding it to my herbs. Now I'm going to add these in to my simmering sauce along with some salt and pepper. The next thing I'm going to do is just gently allow this to simmer and allow those flavors to infuse before I add in a little bit of the nutritional yeast for flavor and that cheesy goodness it's going to give you. Nutritional yeast is a condiment that vegetarians swear by. It has a lot of protein and a lot of vitamin B12, which can typically be hard to get enough of in a plant-based diet. You can find it in any health food store. I'm gonna let that sauce simmer a little bit longer. And in the meantime, I'm going to place my macaroni that was cooled and out of the fridge into the dish for my mac and cheese. So as I allow that sauce to simmer, 
Why don't I grate some cheese? The cheese is going to go onto the top of my mac and cheese, but I'm also going to have the additional great flavor from that nutritional yeast as well. Now it's time to assemble the dish. Next, I'm going to take my sauce and that is simmered and beautiful and thick and I'm going to pour it over my macaroni and cheese. Now I'm going to use my spoon and put some fresh breadcrumbs on the top to bake it, but you can omit that if you don't like the breadcrumbs. I just happen to like that crunchy texture on the top. And the final step? Now it's time to put this in the oven. It's set at about 375 convection or 400 if it's not convection. The oven is already warm. I'm just setting the timer for at least 20 to 25 minutes. Depending on the size and quantity of the dish you make, you may want to bake it up a little longer. All that's left now is to dig in. It's ready. Let me take this out. It smells absolutely divine. Looking at it, honestly, I wouldn't be able to tell that it wasn't regular mac and cheese. Let's see what it tastes like. Let me dig in right now to a little piece at the corner that has some crunchy goodness and taste it. Mmm, it's delicious. It's creamy. It has that macaroni feel to it. It has the taste of cheese, extra cheesiness, and lots of herbs and spices, which make it even better. I don't know about you, but my family has already decided they're going to be trying out this recipe very soon. And by the way, you don't need to be a triple threat doctor, nutritionist, chef to make these sorts of changes to your diet. So I asked Dr. Naidu to give us some practical tips that we can all try at home to start eating with our physical and our mental health in mind. Tip number one. So the first thing is cleaning up the diet. You know, what is it that I'm eating now that I could cut back on? Where are the preservatives, food stabilizers, colorants, dyes, ultra-processed, processed foods that I'm eating every day? Tip number two. You know, fill out my pantry and my fridge with things like healthy greens, vegetables, you know, leaning into plant-rich foods. It doesn't mean you have to be vegetarian. It just have those in your diet. Increase the number of vegetable servings you're having in your diet and have a couple of servings of things like berries in, in your day. Those are my favorite and they're low glycemic. Tip number three. Lean into spices. These are ways that, you know, because food is healthy, it doesn't mean that it has to lack flavor. Adding in um, spices is a low-calorie, sugar-free, salt-free way to amp up the flavor in your food and make it more interesting. Tip number four. You know, meal prep and meal planning as best you can. So those are things that anyone can do on their own. They don't need a doctor to tell them they can think about what they're eating But her biggest tip is to focus less on weight loss and more on your overall bodily health. If we're eating for our inside of our body, the outside will follow. Because by taking care of our brain, our gut, the rest of our organs, the weight will come off because we're going to be eating healthier foods. 
rather than, you know, how many minutes do I do on the Peloton today and how many carbs do I cut out of my diet? All of those may be important components, but they're not the only way. This has to be a sustainable change. This has to be something that becomes part of your lifestyle. Remember, adjusting your diet can feel challenging at first, but it doesn't have to happen overnight. And it doesn't have to be so drastic as you might imagine. You can take your time with it. You can try out different foods that might work best for you and suit your tastes. There is no one-size-fits-all approach. There are hundreds of foods that we can eat that will boost our body's natural immune systems and at the same time, feed our brains. And I think if we realized that this is a low-hanging fruit that literally we can all do, you know, it's at the end of our fork. We're eating, we're eating several meals a day, and it's very cliche to say we are what we eat, but this is, this is true. And if your family does celebrate Thanksgiving, maybe you can try some of Dr. Naidu's recipes this upcoming holiday. I personally think a cauliflower mac and cheese might fit nicely at our table. You can find the recipe on our website, umanaidumd.com. That's U-M-A-N-A-I-D-O-O-M-D.com. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I think the idea of food as medicine is such an important topic one that doesn't get enough attention and has really been highlighted during this most recent pandemic. If you have thoughts on how to best tweak your diet, I'd love to hear from you. What did you learn from today's episode and how might you put it into action? Please let us know. You can record a voice memo and send it to asksanjay at cnn.com or leave us a message at 470-396-0832. We might even include your story on the next podcast. And if you want to learn even more about healthy eating, check out CNN's Eat But Better newsletter. You can subscribe at cnn.com slash newsletters. We'll be back Tuesday. Thanks for listening. Chasing Life is a production of CNN Audio. Megan Marcus is executive producer. Zoe Saunders is the senior producer. Our podcast is produced by Rachel Cohn, Jordan Gaspare, Audrey Horwitz, Paige Sutherland, and Grace Walker. Our production assistant is Allison Park. Our intern is Eduardo Ocampo. Our medical writer, Andrea Kane. Tommy Bazarian is our engineer. And a special thanks to Ben Tinker and Amanda Seeley of CNN Health, as well as Ashley Lusk, Rafina Ahmad, Courtney Coop, and Daniel Cantor from CNN Audio. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.